Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Faster Mai, it's Sarah Hendy here with you until just before six o'clock this Wednesday evening. On this week's programme, we'll be spending some time with the new Manx bard Zoe Cannell, and we have new music from Christine Collister and Michael Fix. Don't worry if you can't stay with us till six this evening. Tonight's whole programme will be available as a podcast, which you can stream, subscribe to or download and keep from the Manx Radio website. You'll no doubt have heard that the Manx Bard Baton has been passed from Annie Kizik to Zoe Cannell, who joins us now. Zoe, firstly, congratulations. You join a really strong lineup of Manx Bards, don't you? Yes, I'm the sixth Manx Bard. I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted. I haven't stopped smiling in two and a half weeks now. It's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And to follow in the footsteps of not only the living Bards, of which there are now uh, four others, but also T. Brown, who was posthumously awarded the first uh, Manx Bard role, is it's just absolutely fabulous. I'm absolutely thrilled. And um, it's it's quite a mysterious process. Um, it's always exciting when um, they announce that the, the the inauguration of the new Manx Bard is coming up. But um, what? How how did you sort of go about applying to to be part of this? I'm really glad that you've asked me that because I think that people think there is a certain mystery behind it and I also think that people think that you're chosen which isn't correct actually you do apply for the role which means that anybody who is, is a normal resident and over the age of 18 in, in the Isle of Man can apply for this role it's not in any way stopping anyone of any type uh, from entering and becoming the Manx Bard and that's very important for people to know that you apply um, with three up to three poems and the subject is matter is anything at all it doesn't have to be limited to Manx themes it can be anything of your choice you put together a small program of poems and then a proposition of what you'd like to achieve during your year as the Bard and then you submit that and it's submitted sort of semi-anonymously because the interview process then is done by a completely separate panel who who don't necessarily even know until the day who they're going to be interviewing so there's no preconceptions. Well it sounds very sensible because here on the Isle of Man I suppose between everyone on those on those boards they'd they'd know almost everyone probably. Well there's there's no danger at all that anyone could say that it's not fair. The poems are judged anonymously in advance by a shortlisting panel uh, so they don't know who, who you are and then on the day of the interview you go and, and they still don't really know who you are until you walk through the door. Uh, there, there could be some identifying things in your poetry if you've, you've written something deeply personal but other than that it gives everybody a completely open and fair chance to enter the competition and be judged on the, on their own merits. Mm-hmm. Well, fantastic. Um, and I suppose a bard is a storyteller. Is that the kind of format that your poetry and your writing takes? Are you are you sharing tales or memories or ideas about things, or is it somewhere where you sort of express your emotion and kind of use it as an outlet, maybe? Well, it's both, really. I I actually run a group for the Manx Music Festival. It's a choral speaking group, so I've had that for 10 years now. And each year we enter, it's a, a talking choir for a group of eight or more people. And that has led me to reading an awful lot of poetry. I've got lots of books in the house and 
choosing a suitable entry for that each year for the Manx Music Festival has led me to reading a lot of poetry. And for that, we always do tend to choose something that tells a story because I think that that is the most interesting for an audience to hear. And I would say that many of my poems that I have devised have have indeed told a story. But there are other examples where I have used emotions or used a situation that I'm in. For example, um, I was staying in London in February and I looked out of the window and was woken um, to a fight that was going on in the street, a very, very violent fight in the in the street below where I was staying in the hotel. And it began to make me think about you know the nature of of crime and um, one of the poems I submitted to the for the entry for the Manx Bard was all about how I was jolted awake and, and how frightening it can be to to be in that as a witness to that sort of event. And writing poetry is something that's been part of your life for a very long time you were just um before we hit the hit the tape rolling you were showing me the books where you where you sort of catalog the work that you've come up with some of them are the, the shorter pieces the sort of lighter pieces that are sort of for friends and family and people you know and um and then you've got a book where you write up really precious poems really isn't it I suppose it's a it's your archive in a way well there's nothing nicer than a poetry book and handwriting and they're all on the computer as is everything these days I've got I've got hard copies of them and I've got uh, copies on the computer but I have got my main poetry in handwritten books and it's it's one of you know I love to hold them and look at them and open them and see them um, I'd say that my poetry writing started when I was very young and in my loft I, I, I was saying this when I was first made the bar that I was going to go and find all these very simple childish poems that first sparked my interest um, but the main uh, the main first time that I was recognised was when I was at Balakameen High School in 1991 and I wrote a poem about um, the very first memorial walk um, which was held at that time in memory of Mrs Vida Wilson who was a teacher at the school who had sadly passed away and the, she was really the inspiration for the Balakameen High School memorial walk and of course it's still going to this day and it's a huge and popular event and there was a competition for people to submit poetry and stories and and works of art at the time connected with the memorial walk and I wrote that in 1991 and I did I did win it actually and that was probably the first time that I had any acknowledgement of of my poetry and, and it developed from there. I mean, would you be able to, to share a few lines or a verse or something from that poem? Yes, it's, it feels like quite simple, but I was only 14 at the time. So you can do your maths to find out how, <laughs> how old I am. Um, one second. A short while ago, it was the headmaster's idea to raise some money at the close of the school year. He thought sponsored events try everybody's patience, so let's collect funds through people's generous donations. The disease called cancer needs fighting, he thought, and the money we raise will help it be fought. Mrs Wilson had been a teacher at Balakameen who had been very high up in everyone's esteem. She had suffered from cancer and had been tragically ill, but the memory of her is with us all still. It was Monday the 21st of July, it was a little bit rainy, there were clouds in the sky, but everyone was cheerful, there was laughing and talk, because that was the day of our memorial walk. How special that you were part of something that has become such a, a big part of Manx culture. In yes, a way, I, I was on the very first one, and I remember it really clearly. It was it was great fun, and they've they've done it every other year since you know uh, since then. And um, not of course, all poetry doesn't have to rhyme, and many of mine 
you know, doesn't it's 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 the expression and you can express in whichever way you feel, whether that's through rhyme or not. It's the putting together of words to create a picture and create a story and create an emotion in whichever way you feel. And as the Manx Bard, I would say to people, write, just do it, get it out there. You know, don't worry about walk and talk rhyming. Just, you know, it can be anything, any expression of how you feel and look at something, look out of the window or feel, feel what you feel inside and just do it and get it down because it's absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful to read and it's beautiful for other people to listen to. Because I suppose one of the most powerful things about um, about sharing your creative work is it's not just what you yourself are expressing in in what you're feeling and what you're experiencing, but how other people can relate to it as well. It's such a strong way to connect with others. I, I especially like writing. Um, Manx poetry and, and stories about the Isle of Man and I think they have got a lovely performance quality if you go out to a church hall or an Estedford or an event out in the country or even here in Douglas I think it's lovely for us all to have that common bond of sharing the Manx culture that's one of my favourites actually Absolutely I can only agree with you um, and you're the Manx bard for a year what do you hope to achieve in your time as Manx bard well, I've already made um, a reasonable start to to being the Manx Bard. I said initially that I wanted to try and bring poetry to the masses. It's it's proving difficult actually to know how to do that, and I'm always open to anybody's ideas. Um, I've started with people who I know aren't that interested or bothered, and ask them what they think. And I think that anything, if I write any topical poetry, it's bound to impact on people anything that's going on in the country or in the island I think people will be more inclined to read that and take an interest rather than very descriptive poetry if you're a complete novice to it that's one thing that I've sort of thought that I might go down that road to try and engage with people and bring them into the poetry world that previously maybe haven't Um, and other than that um, I have got a number of plans Um, the problem as I explained to you before we went on air, was that you don't get any preparation time. You have your ideas and then you go for your interview and then within 24 hours you are the Manx Bard. And and a year, it sounds a long time, but it isn't and we all know it isn't. So you cannot afford to to waste any time. So already I've actually um, spoken to my employers and I have arranged to take um, some extra days, um, holiday and uh, flexible working time in order to be able to try and do as much as I can to serve the community. I've had a, a few offers from schools and I'd be happy and willing to go into the school, even just to read some of my work or speak to them, uh, the pupils and show them the bardic robes and g- generally try and encourage and inspire them. Um, I'm also hoping to get into uh, residential homes and, and provide an afternoon's entertainment, but it's all, it needs planning and it needs time and I, I'm definitely not wasting that. I've already starting to make my plans um, for that to make sure that my whole year is utilised in a fun, productive and, and a good way for the community. Well, good on you. What a lovely attitude to have going uh, going forward in your year as the Manx Bard. Thank you. Um, are there are there any poems that um, are perhaps more recent? Thank you for sharing that one that you you wrote uh, um, <laughs> yes. when you were when you were very young. Uh, yeah. What a lovely poem it was. Um, are there any that you'd like to share with us that are perhaps a little bit more more recent um, works? One that always goes down well. 
<laughs> even though it's not it's not really a full poem but I've done it recently at a church and uh, it did provide uh, a lot of food for thought and a few laughs is one that I wrote and this is this is not by any way my most depth doesn't express my most my biggest depth of work but it does it does touch people when it's called bring back Manx Airlines <laughs> and it's ba- it's based on my experiences you know it's not a criticism of, of any of the airlines that are around but things are so much more difficult for people now flying regarding security and all the additional insurances and the additional checks and the additional payments that it it stirs back memories from when we used to just be able to get on a plane at Ronald's Way and end up in the UK and it was very very stress-free and I think a lot of people having heard Bring Back Manx Airlines are saying will you please write a poem Bring Back something else of a similar nature the good old days really so um i could just do a little bit of that like i say i don't want to think anyone to think this is the the, the biggest depth of my work and like but, but depth doesn't always equate entertaining um but uh i've got to bring back manx airlines to eat a chocolate three legs of man treat bring back manx airlines when the viscount was head of the fleet and when you were heading away You actually left on the right day, and from the basket you took a boiled sweet. Bring back Manx Airlines, glided through the air like a feather. Bring back Manx Airlines with its interior of comfy red leather. And when you were off to the UK, there'd hardly ever be a delay. No problems except for the weather. Manx Airlines, Manx Airlines, announced the arrival of their flight from Glasgow. Manx Airlines, Manx Airlines, good old days of flights to Heathrow. And when you arrived at gate eight, you'd never have to wait. Greeted in Manx Gaelic and off you would go. Bring back Manx Airlines, where you didn't have to pay for a case. Bring back Manx Airlines, allocated directly a place. And if you arrived earlier than planned, the staff would lend you a hand. Skian and Vannon, oh why were you replaced? Brilliant! It's sort of a, a, a sort of a, a look back at yeah. the golden age of travel Nostalgia. on the Alamann almost. And I yeah. think we're all still okay. It's I think it's two thousand and two since we last had Manx Airlines, but many of us will remember the the little quirks and nuances and interesting things that made our national airline what it was. And it's nice to just fondly look back upon that. And that's that's not one that I submitted for the Bard competition but it is one that I will do if I'm out and about at a local event in the country and people do always have that nostalgic pang whenever they hear about it. And it's sort of I I suppose it's a marker of how much things have changed it's a it belongs to another era now doesn't it so much has has become so different. Well anybody 20 or under wouldn't have a clue what I was talking about really and of course I don't want to just limit my poetry to be oh the good old days and the good old days on the Isle of Man I intend to be able to, you know, interact hopefully with, with younger people as well during my year as the Bard. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm certain you will. Um, you you mentioned that some of your work is perhaps a bit more emotional and um, and more sort of, yeah, a more expressive work. Is, is there anything that you've written that you'd like to share with us sort of on that level? Um, flicking through the books here. <laughs> They're lovely <laughs> books though. And I do enjoy how you've sort of, you've got your, each volume represents a different sort of style of poetry that you write I think it's a really nice way to organize things and and also they're kind of the final books it's lovely that you 
you sort of write them down on the computer where adjustments can be made so easily yes. but they make it to the to the sort of precious hard copy when they're, when when they're yeah. final and actually it's it's incredible any poet might tell you that they start off with a group, what I'd call a drop of ideas, where I'd put down roughly what I want to say and how I intend to say it. And I almost make a plan, not in any rhyme or any pentameter or anything, literally just write down the ideas that I have and what I'd like to include. And the, the journey from that to the final product, it can be anything from, you know, a, a couple of hours if it's something straightforward. But if it's, um, you know, something with more depth or, or you want to put more into it then it can be weeks sometimes to get it from those initial ideas um, up until right until till you've got something that you're proud of and pleased of and I tend to fiddle around with the words and I've been told by several people just don't do that <laughs> but <laughs> the temptation is to start editing and then you know there is a point where I think you can over edit and, and sometimes you end up even finding you go back to what you've originally written in any event um, but you know obviously you want to get it as, as good and as you know as, as nice as you possibly can so you do tend to go through and I'll just change tweak this line or this you know this word and this of course the, the internet now there's thesauruses and there's um, dictionaries for rhymes but I do also have hard copies of a thesaurus and a rhyming dictionary which I refer to as well so they're always at my side when I'm in full flow. This is one that um, I wrote for the Manx Music Festival years ago there's a, a, a poetry competition which probably people don't really know about it's something I'm actually also involved on the executive committee of that and they, they have a writing competition within that which I don't think many people know about but it's certainly another avenue and outlet for any budding writers they have prose and poetry competition and this is one that I wrote for that and it was about Scarlet and at the time um, I was having you know it's quite a difficult period in my life when my father had just passed away suddenly and um, I used to go to Scarlet and I would look out over you know the whole area and I was proud to be Manx and I it was Christmas time and everybody was dashing around all over the place and I just kind of wanted to get away to have some reflective time um so this is from you know we'll, we'll be nearly 12 years ago now but um just reflecting that Christmas for everybody isn't fun and rushing around. Sometimes people can be quite sad. And, and hopefully, I um, whenever I went to Scarlet and sat and looked out, I, I was quite thoughtful and reflective. So um, I could, I mean, I could read that if, if that's any use to you. Yes. Yes, it'd be lovely. Yeah, I hope I can that. get all the words because it's quite a while since I've read <laughs> this one. It's called, just called Christmas at Scarlet. It's upon us once more, festive folk fighting for tinsel turkeys and toys, gifts, games, goodies galore, scuttle swarming Strand Street, many mates you may meet, churlish chums chattering, swapping scandal and skeet, shopping shapes Christmas Eve, heavy hampers you heave, and though cross crazy crowds, wildly, wistfully weave. People prod, push and pull, clash, collide, cram and crush, digging deep to delight, rush and rummage and rush. But my soul turns away from this torturous abyss to the beauty at scarlet, my rapturous bliss, immediately transported to the majestic expanse of such a tranquil haven, haven instantaneous trance. With its lavender skies and cerulean sea and where wildlife wanders nomadically free, a landscape appealing, no blots whatsoever, and a coastline that seems to stretch out forever, 
swooping down into Ronald's way, craft large and small, and as a warning to sailors, a lighthouse stands tall. Mellow riffing of waves as the tide ambles out, an enchantment of Christmas resounding throughout. Like a grace from a stumble, the bracing breeze stings, distant echoes of a wireless the sweet choir sings, a cappella, a carol with classical feel, evoking, provoking, spiritually surreal. A snapshot of the winter, a true work of art, a paradisical lookout, this view stops my heart. Of the south of the island, for it can scarce compare, such a peaceful illusion you won't find elsewhere. Great greenness at scarlet, pure not like a tree decorated so cheaply with tawdry debris. The horizon shows structures with Castletown charm. I want to keep walking in this unsullied calm. And if I listen so closely, I can almost hear whispered voices of those who are not with us this year. Glance up to the skies, then I'm sure they are near. And as scarlet is heaven, they really are here. Our lost friends always felt in my heart and my mind, blowing through the Manx air and a ne'er left behind. We live in this kingdom, joy, freedom and space, our island perfection, our palace, our place. I haven't read that one for years, I'd forgotten about it actually. (laughs) (laughs) What a beautiful piece of work. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best for your year as the Manx Bard. I'm looking forward to catching up with you again soon uh, in the rut to Christmas. It'd be lovely to hear more work by you. And we we often have a Spotlight Christmas special where we invite people to to share their Christmas themed poems. I've already found that I'm already writing a lot more poetry. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you are who has it as a hobby sort of probably would say that they write sporadically and then sometimes they'll do a few and then maybe for months won't do anything anything, but when you're the Manx Bard really you have to you've got a constant stream of of things that you wish to produce and express so yes each evening it's uh, it's very nice I'm really enjoying it but I'm having to sit down and and be you know put, put more sort of work into it than perhaps I did before but I'm not complaining Spotlight brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council On Friday, September the 27th, Christine Collister and Michael Fix will be launching their new album in the Villa Marina Arcade. You can call 600 555 for tickets. And here they are singing their rendition of River Deep Mountain High. When I was a little girl, I had a rag doll. The only doll I ever owned. I love you just the way I love that ragdoll Only now my love has grown And it gets stronger in every way And it gets deeper, let me say And it gets higher day by day High, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I lost you, would I cry? Oh, how I love you, baby, 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 baby. When you were a young boy, did you have a puppy? It always followed you around. Be as faithful as 
this week but join me again next wednesday at half past five here on manx radio until then have a lovely creative week sign you (laughs) 